Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. And today we're actually sitting down, Sam and Katie. I've got Katie in the in the in the quasi podcast studio. We're not in our studio, but we're actually offsite at AAA in Hamden, Connecticut, with some wonderful people that have been super supportive of Project Purple. So, Katie, thanks for joining us. Sam, we're on the road. This is like a road tour a little bit. Oh yeah, we've been all over. Not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have been all over. Uh, but thank you, uh, Lydia, Alec, Meredith, and Christine from AAA for joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for, here. thanks for allowing us to share uh, your conference room for the podcast. So uh, we want to give our audience a little bit of background on what brings us here today. So I don't know who wants to take the lead on this. Um, I have some notes, but if one of you want to uh, talk about why we're here today and kind of the meaning behind that, that would be a great way to start. Sure. Uh, so uh, hi, uh, my name is Alec and thanks for, thanks for being here. Uh, AAA Northeast, which serves members from New Jersey to uh, New Hampshire, uh, about a year and a half ago, rethought our charitable giving program before a lot of the decisions had been corporate-wide, the, the whole territory and kind of run out of Providence. Uh, but about a year and a half ago, we decided let's get each state and each region to decide what causes are near and dear to their heart and what helps in their local community. Uh, And so we have a Connecticut committee and we solicited opinions from the employees here in Connecticut about what they'd like to participate in on a volunteer perspective and also what sorts of causes are near to their heart. And and Project Purple was a good mix of of both of them. And uh, unfortunately, uh, it was uh, a timely uh, issue for us as we had an employee uh, who had passed away uh, just a, you know a few months ago and so I think it meant a lot to a lot of the employees to be able to honor him uh, with the donation of Project Purple and we were very um, fortunate to be able to participate in uh, you know in the walk a few weeks ago yeah awesome so in the past it's always been kind of a corporate decision to say like hey we're gonna support X um, and then uh, that's really fascinating to me that and that's really cool that you guys selected us I didn't know that and this is what okay. I love mm-hmm. I, I don't come with canned questions and so <laughs> kind of the surprise so uh, that's awesome and for our listeners at home can someone explain what AAA really does because it is multifaceted I mean when I I mean I've been AAA I've been a AAA member throughout my life um, so I think people maybe that are familiar with AAA think like oh there's an emergency i call this number tow truck comes out but there's a lot of other resources that you guys provide Mm -hmm. there is so um i mean that's exactly right so everyone thinks of the tow truck immediately um but we have insurance we can book you travel anywhere in the world um we have financial services programs so if you need to get a new car we have the car loans um we help with student lending so a lot of things that um, most of our members don't take um an active participation in, but uh, amazing deals because everyone has kids that are going to college. Mm-hmm. Um, then if you just need directions across the country, we still have triptychs. We still do that. Uh, tons of discounts all over the country and around the world as well. So, what does AAA stand for? The Automobile Association of America. And when was it founded? 
in 1905. Wow. Am I right? I think 02. Oh, that's close. That's some good trivia. (laughs) And actually, when it first started, it wasn't, there wasn't even roadside assistance. Roadside assistance didn't come in until about 1915. Uh Back at that time, it was actually in automobile club for the very wealthy people who happened to own automobiles in 1902 uh, and then it just has kind of expanded from there and I think you know we've got across the country something like 57 million members I think and, and as Murph said a ton of ton of things that we do well, it's fascinating to me as I've matured over the years I think again my parents you know having triple a or you know you would see like the tow truck uh, out on the highway or out in the streets you know when someone is stranded and you know that triple a that's what was always come to my mind but then as i matured and would became a member and would get the information i know i've seen like travel deals mm-hmm. um i have seen some insurance stuff and formerly when i was in the financial services business i would hear from clients or prospective clients like oh i got my life insurance or financial products certain financial products through the triple a system so it's it's fascinating the, the evolution of it um, of AAA, and that's uh, that's really really cool. What does it mean for you guys to get involved now? I know this is kind of a new shift, um, corporate, but to be involved locally with with groups, like what does that mean for you guys? I think it's fantastic that we can control it at a community level. We can find out what really matters to our associates. So we can go out in our communities and look and see what our employees are passionate about and find charities that meet that. We also look for volunteer opportunities to give our employees an opportunity to get out and volunteer in the communities that we serve. So I think it's more impactful that we can actually make a difference in the communities and see where our money's going. Now, do you guys... um have like set criteria that you guys will look at when you look for volunteer opportunities? Are there certain mandates that a organization, and then this might just be helpful for future reference? We just, when we're looking at it, we're looking to see that they're a 501c3, like a nonprofit organization, and just looking for a variety of different opportunities for our associates to participate in. We do give our associates volunteer time, so they do get paid time off to go volunteer in the communities, and that's something fairly new. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys for thinking of us. I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, something that, uh, you know, as a nonprofit, as running a nonprofit, it's critical that we have like a really good volunteer base. And it's something that we've kind of grown into, um, I think, as we've grown and matured as an organization. But it's super helpful, I can tell you, from, you know, attending the walk or helping out at the walk or being there and having a set number of volunteers, as Katie can attest to, is just on event day is just so critical to that. Um, So thank you guys for, you know, whether it's our organization or the other organizations that you guys will impact, um, it means a lot. I know for us it does. So hopefully the rest of the organizations that you guys get involved with will feel the same way. So I just want to shift gears here a little bit. Um, Alec mentioned um, beginning there was an associate that was impacted by pancreatic cancer and that was something that drew you guys to here. So let's talk a little bit about that associate if that's okay. Um, Brendan was the gentleman's name, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Brendan Coughlin Coughlin. was our our district manager here in the Connecticut office. He was housed in this office itself. We found out in about September Mm -hmm. that he had pancreatic cancer, and he went downhill very quickly. We lost him in early December. December, yeah. So it was quite quite fast and dramatic I think for all of us Mm -hmm. and I want to say we all loved him. He was quite a wonderful individual. 
Lydia and Meredith got to work very closely with him. Yes. He was definitely one of the kindest men I've ever met. Great um, energy about him. Was fun to work with. Um, and he would he would light up a room because he always had a smile on his face, even mm-hmm. through his whole uh, cancer treatment. So always tried to remain positive and have a great attitude about it. He's, he was a great man. He really was. Treasured his kids. He was wonderful. I mean, he, he um, I always laugh because he would come in and he would start singing in our meetings. And I mean, he couldn't carry a tune, <laughs> but that didn't stop him. <laughs> so uh, he, um, he always, I mean, had such a good sense of humor and I, I learned a lot from him. He, he always brought you to the next level without even realizing you were doing it. You know, so he, uh, he was a good man. Mm-hmm. Now, he was responsible for the region, so that encompassed all of New England, or how is that broken down? It was all of Connecticut, Connecticut. and uh, central and western Massachusetts. Which would be how many locations? So there's 16 of us. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big footprint then. Yep. Mm-hmm. So would he have to float from location to location? He would. Yeah, he would uh, get in the car and drive. At, I mean, if you asked him to see him, he would stop what he was doing and come and see you. If you needed to. What does it mean to you guys to have someone, you know, you're connected to the disease now, unfortunately. You know, we're in this club, as I say, the club that no one wants to be in. But, you know, you lose this person that was so impactful in in your day to day. You know, most people spend more time at work than they do at home. So I, I tend to think that like what the impact that you make at work is more impactful in your life than maybe some of the interactions you have at home. But to find an organization that is kind of connected to, you know, the mission and to the reasoning on why this person passed, what does that mean to everyone as a, as a whole, you know, in terms of uh, being able to kind of bridge that gap? Yeah, I think I didn't know about Project Purple until this came about. And when I um, researched it a little bit, I was so impressed. So thank you for doing what you do. I think it's great. Um I, I had also lost an, an uncle to uh, pancreatic cancer 15 years ago. So, uh, like, I thought it was perfect for me because, as you know, pancreatic cancer is very difficult to detect. And in, in my experience, from and I know other people who have had it as well, but in my experience, it seems that if it's not detected early, by the time you become symptomatic, you're stage four. And um, that's why I really support what Project Purple does to try and you know raise the funds for that research so it can be detected early, so there can be screenings to to catch it early. So um, I just thought it was it was great, and I'm like I'm on board, <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> so thank you. I think with the disease, when when we found out, we all felt really useless. Like we wanted to do something to help, and there was really nothing we could do, you know, besides offer you know, ourselves, we're here if you need to talk, whatever we can do to help kind of a thing. So I think this is kind of our way of giving back and celebrating him, leaving a little legacy to help maybe prevent this, you know, from happening to someone in the future or making it a little bit easy for their families because it was so tragic. I think it's fascinating, though, to me. So, like, if I go back to, like, what I, and and no disrespect here, like, AAA, like, think about it you're stranded on the side of the road and you're calling AAA and someone some strangers coming to help you whatever situation you have with the car 
at that time. And then if you think about the parallels with the situation where, you know, you lose a loved one, um, you know, a team member, someone who's so instrumental to the team here and what you guys are doing, you know, geographically here in this region, and then leaning out or reaching out to help other people um, is just really fascinating to me. And it's almost like the core, you know, the, I'm sure when you guys go through training or when you look to hire people, you look for certain traits and, you know, helping people as part of kind of the core of what you guys are all about here. I know there's other things that you guys do, but helping those in need. And so it's very symbolic and it's very interesting on my part how that transitioned in, you know, and like where you guys are reaching and helping us help other people. So I really, uh, I can see it's a little emotional, but um, I really appreciate you guys thinking of us during this time and whosoever decision it was at the corporate level to decide to allow the regions to kind of give to local charities, I think is phenomenal. Um, there's so many great charities across the country and I do tend to think that we are doing some really amazing things um, selfishly. So I will put us in front of some other ones, but um, especially in times of uh, similar to what you guys experience where there's that connection um, is just really, really fascinating to me to see that. So thank you guys for thinking of us. And thank you. sorry you guys had to join this, as I say, this really crappy club. I've got a question for all of you and I'd love to see how you guys define this. Um, and this is a question that we ask um, all our guests on the on the podcast. How would you define pancreatic cancer? And we'll start with Christine. Oh, it it's horrible. It's quick. It's devastating, and just oh, I don't even. It's just terrible. It, it's just so quick, the things that it does to your family. You can't even begin to wrap your head around it, and the person was gone. Lydia? It's a very sad disease. I mean, a lot of... I'm in agreement with a lot of what Christine said, but I also find it very sad. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I hope what you guys do makes a difference, for sure. Yeah, it, um, it's very humbling to know how quickly your life can change in a matter of, you know, a 30-minute doctor consult, you know, and uh, just watching and really appreciating uh, what you have and who your family is, um, it, it changes you. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's ruthless. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't discriminate. Um, and it's, it's tough. Um, it's it's a really really tough tough disease. And Brendan left behind three teenage kids, mm -hmm. so you know to see them and have them have to now live their life without their dad that they love so much is just heartbreaking. It is. Yeah, unfortunately, um, it's really I call it evil, you know, and I think that what you guys all mentioned is right on point. You know, it's uh, it's a silent killer, and it's also an evil killer, and it's uh, it's it does not care. You know, it doesn't care um, in terms of uh, what your job is, how much money you have, what you've done in the past. Like none of that matters. Um, but there is hope, and you know, for those listening at home, I think there, there's a lot going on, and 
because of people like yourselves that took the initiative to kind of you know find us and, and you know work things out I, I think that's where the hope lies for anyone who's listening that's fighting that there's a lot going on and there's a lot of people that are inspired now the four of you included and, and the rest of the folks here at AAA I know we've gotten checks from all over the Northeast it seems like I just got we got two more today uh, from AAA Northeast and so you know with that you know that allows us to continue to do the things we're doing um, so I, I wanted to ask you guys all this question, and I, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, is there anything else about Brendan um, that you want to say? I miss him. That He definitely made an impact on everyone that he met. He touched our lives and really took an interest with us as people. I've never had a boss in all my years of working that took such an interest in us personally and our families and really you know it was he made it fun to come to work and be part of his group and he made us you know all better people he's a very personable man mm. he had a real passion for traveling and he, he he tried to sell you on a vacation every time <laughs> if he had been there. And he would just rave about it. And he didn't even have to be the traveler. I mean, he would take experiences that we had and make them his own. Um, experiences his kids had. Uh, his daughter just recently uh, studied overseas. And he was so proud of her and everything she was seeing and experiencing. It was like he was there in person. Mm -hmm. So he, um, yeah, he was uh, a fabulous boss absolutely fabulous yeah I probably know him the least well here I uh, came up to Connecticut only a few months before he got the diagnosis but um, he sat you know we sat together and he was a, a very very welcoming presence as I was transitioning up to Connecticut and, and he really uh, you know made our corner a very friendly one and, and um, he yeah he just loved he loved his kids so much I mean mm -hmm. I um, yeah, I feel like I got to know a little bit about them in, in the short time that we shared together. So he was a you know, really fabulous man. Thank you. Um, two last questions. And shifting here a little bit, I know you mentioned before, Lydia, you mentioned in the beginning, you know, with everything that was going on with Brandon, and then Alec mentioned how the corporate change had happened with allowing, you know, local charities to get involved. But how did you find Project Purple? Like, I'm just fascinated. Like, did you guys go online and just type in pancreatic cancer? And we have a committee of six, six of us, six or people. seven of us in Connecticut who are responsible for going out and finding these. So they were um, tasked. The we are, were tasked. tasked. So we, 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 you know, we at first we pulled our associates to find out what they were passionate about, where do they give. And then we go out and we research and look for organizations that we can give our money to in one of our... Uh, managers Julia Ivy had found Project Purple, oh, awesome. but really our CEO John Galvin, he is really focused on giving back to the communities that we serve. He he's new to his role and he's really making some impactful changes. One of our core values is serving and helping the member. Sorry, helping and serving the members that we have. So that's one of our core values, and he really takes it to a new level. He opened up the volunteer hours for our associates, and we also have the matching gift program, which is why you're getting in those extra checks for any of our associates who are giving to the 
charities, we also match that as well. So it's really a cultural shift bit. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, thank you to the CEO. Hopefully he might be listening at some point. I hope. Uh, And this is awesome. I mean, running an organization that is philanthropic and to hear that other organizations, I mean, that's part of our, I mean, that's who we are. Um, But to hear that other organizations um, embrace that philanthropy and encourage and reward employees um, and make it work for their culture is just awesome. So thank you, CEO. Absolutely. Uh, I did just have one question, though. Um, with the members that of the team that were there in Norwalk, like, what did that morning mean to you guys to come out there and walk, run, and just be there amongst others that have been going through something similar? Yeah, well, there, there's always, um, you know, a very positive energy. Um, you're doing something... Um, better so trying to improve and bring awareness to the disease so i i really enjoy participating in events like this i've I've also done the relay for life in the past as well so i've been very involved um with that i think it makes you feel like you're not alone either that there's Mm -hmm. other people who are feeling the same thing Mm -hmm. that you are so it's kind of like you have a lot of support yeah you're right on that's no one's alone and that's kind of the hard thing i think when you get a especially a terminal cancer diagnosis your world shrinks really fast you know the walls start to come in and you know I think that's the hardest thing I think for all these people that are diagnosed is they feel that and the statistics are what they are I mean we're not going to sugarcoat that but there is hope there are groups us and many other groups across the world actually that are trying to change that Mm -hmm. it's easy to get kind of stuck in that hole or that bubble or whatever analogy you want to use uh, last question, and, and you guys have been great, but I want to give our audience, and like we began the, the podcast saying, well, what is AAA? What is the best resource if someone is listening and wants to learn more about AAA? Where should they go? Should they call someone? Should they go to their local office? Because first of all, you guys are, again, we're vast and broad. You guys are all over the country. This is just not mm-hmm. New England based. I mean, there right. uh, there's an office in every state? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But where's the best place for people to learn more about vacation deals, financial products, roadside assistance, and anything else that you guys? However, they feel comfortable communicating is the best option. So if they want to call one eight hundred AAA help, um, we'll get you in contact with the closest uh, AAA to where you're calling from. Um, you can go on AAA.com. It's just AA.com. Uh, if you want to look at it that way, we have an app as well. So whatever is the best way for them uh, is the easiest. And we welcome them all in our banking, in our, our centers. We yes. would love to see them in our centers so we can show them more about what we have to offer. And so let's talk about the centers for a second. So mm-hmm. just like we walked in here, there's a full staff, there's mm-hmm. guests, mm-hmm. there's greeters. So this is a similar setup all over the country? Yes. yes. We, have, we have full service offices. We have what we call member service counselors who are there to help you um, with cross-country road trip kind of things. Yeah. They all also offer services like... Um, foreign currency exchange, visa travel money, gift cards, park tickets, 
trip ticks, all I those I knew about the things. park tickets because I think yes. we've done that before yeah. with my kids. Like we've actually, I think my in-laws, because they're members of AAA, mm-hmm. I assume will be a no member of AAA. I had a membership and you know what happens is it comes in the mail and like I think we got into, my wife and I got into the pattern of leasing cars. So mm-hmm. when you lease, you have roadside assistance right. and mm-hmm. now we own. Right. You know, mm-hmm. But we are so much more than that roadside assistance. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know, but that's where like people right? get it though. They yeah. most of our members forget about the all the other things. Yeah. So, in, besides the member service counselors in our office, we all have full time travel agents who are there to help you plan any kind of trip, whether it be domestic or foreign. And we have full time insurance agents in all of the offices. And one thing about the uh, the vehicle is that uh, and this is a misconception that I think most people have is you know your AAA membership covers you, not your vehicle. So if you happen to be riding in a friend's car or relative's car, uh, or if you happen to be renting a car, it still would cover you for the roadside assistance. I have a friend who doesn't own a car but still has the membership AAA. for that purpose and also for all the other things that we do. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. So many options to find you guys, apps, online, call the number, and also in person. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for sharing your story. I know, um, as I said, this is a real evil cancer, but I commend you guys, commend the CEO if he's listening. Um, I mean, this is like kind of, I've talked about this for a while. I mean, in order for us to create change, we have to have this like mindset change and have to get a lot more people involved. I mean, unfortunately now you guys are part of this club that I talk about, but to see this happen, like we're, we're getting checks in from all over the Northeast and you guys, you know, rallying and volunteering and supporting financially is what it's going to take. Um, it is the number three killer. It's going to become the number two. Survivor rates are going up small increments, but we need to make like a drastic change and and need to do some drastic things. But that doesn't happen just with the three of us, you know, on staff or whatever staff numbers we have. It happens when other people get involved. So thank you guys for being involved and thank you guys for taking the time out of the day to be on the Project Purple podcast. Okay. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you yeah. for, for doing what you do. I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. We're happy to be partnering with you and uh, thankful for all your efforts. Thank you. That's Thank a wrap. You.